you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, another WordPress community member. His name is Jan Koch. I can't pronounce that in German, so he, he can correct me. He's from the WP Agency Summit. I'm a huge WordPress community guy, and WordPress and community, both online and in person, is super important. So I'm excited to dig into it with you today. Welcome to the show, Jan. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's an honor. So you do a lot of things around WordPress and you've been around for a while. Um, how, do, how do you categorize yourself like developer, entrepreneur, educator? Like what are, what are, if you had to slap a bunch of labels, you're obviously multi-talented. What paths have you taken through WordPress? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, given that I started in 2012, there are a lot of labels you could slap on me. Um, Right now, I'm doing WordPress development, and I'm focusing on hosting these virtual conferences. So if you would have to put a label on me, I would say virtual summit host slash developer. That's awesome. And with, if you're listening to this and you're a course creator or a school or either just getting started or advanced, or you're a, a WordPress uh, freelancer or agency person that kind of supports those industries, let's dig into the virtual summit. Like, how did you get into that? And I just want to add that, you know, if you're doing education online, doing like online courses and membership sites and online schools and all these things, or even you're just doing internal training inside your company with your WordPress LMS website, um, building a community and building industry connections is important. And a summit, a virtual summit is like a, you know, it's a virtual conference with speakers and audience and everything. Like, how'd you get into this as a, uh, and it's complex. It's not easy to pull off. Yeah. So how'd you get into it? So the first summit I ran was in 2015. So it's not caused by the pandemic that, that I'm doing these events. Um, yeah. And you, you hit the reason on the head. Um, it's for building the relationships, building building the connections and positioning yourself kind of as an authority in the market. Um, when I was thinking about the first summit, a friend of mine, Navid Moases, who runs Virtual Summit Mastery, a, a training course on summits, he ran his first summit just a couple of months earlier. And that's how I heard about the concept for the first time. And to that time, my business was on a plateau. So I was doing freelance development and I had kind of these feast and famine cycles that, that everybody dreads where you have a few months that go really well, then you have a few months where you're struggling to get new customers. And I thought that the summit might be a good idea to pivot onto the next level. So it was for me, the idea was to do something different, to do something that hadn't been done before. And having Navid by my side as my mentor who interviewed 88 people on his very first virtual summit, um, I knew that I had a pretty good chance of at least making some waves, whether whether it be positive or negative. I, I didn't really know by that, but um, I just wanted to switch gears in my business. And I figured that a virtual summit might be a nice idea because nobody was doing that at the time. 
That's awesome. I'm an old school internet marketer. So I, I really, I noticed when Naveed came on the scene and it just kind of this whole virtual summit industry really blew up. It was kind of a evolution from the, the solo webinar, maybe a panel yeah. webinar or whatever. And, you know, in WordPress, we're familiar with blogging. I'm a huge fan, especially for beginners in any niche or industry or building your um, connections to do a roundup post where you get, you, you ask like one question, you send it out to 50 or a hundred people. And that's, I mean, that's kind of hard, but a virtual sub summit is a whole other level of hard than doing a roundup blog post. So it's similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the tool, what, what's happening is the tools like WordPress and the, however you're doing, are you doing it with zoom? Are you actually? Uh, yeah. I'm recording with Zoom and then publishing via Vimeo. Via Vimeo. So the tools have just gotten better and easier to to like technology at your fingertips to like hold a virtual conference. Yeah. I mean, even just the thought of a, a in-person conference and organizing a hotel and rooms. I mean, it's it's easier than that, but it's still technically pretty challenging. So you you mentioned before we started recording that you had one that didn't go as well called the was it the e-commerce summit what was it called yeah, e-com e services summit yeah so e-com services summit so as a wordpress developer you know wordpress developers and i know this from my days running an agency is e-commerce is where there's a lot of money because you know the website's super important and it's you know the revenue driver for the business and it might even be the entire business so helping other service providers in that niche is a good in theory it's a good idea so what that's happened? what i thought yeah <laughs> yeah and um it wasn't the tech that failed me it was my strategy it was my approach to the summit and it, as you said e-commerce is blowing up these days especially with COVID. everybody and their dog needs to go online and sell stuff online and my thought was why not create an event that helps agencies who work with e-commerce to better provide their services or to maybe onboard customers better, to build better web shops, educate them on how e-commerce works so that they can deliver better services. Um, it, it bombed. So I'm, I'm arrogant to say that it bombed because it still had 700 and a few registrations, which is huge for any offline event. Yeah. So who am I to say that 700 people paying time or paying attention and spending their time with content I helped create is a failure. Um, in that regard, you still can build amazing connections from 700 people. So my goals just were different. I was aiming at 3000. So in that context, that's why I'm saying the Ecom Services Summit bombed. And also monetarily, it wasn't the best investment. Um, but it's still a lesson learned. And the, the reason it failed was it's similar, I think, to what some course creators also experience is your messaging and your targeting wasn't on point. That, yeah. that is what, what I experienced too. So the tech stack, we've got that covered. And we have tools even like Lifter that help us build these things pretty straightforward. But if you are not communicating the benefits of what you are building clearly and you are not reaching the right people, that's when you usually experience issues and that's what happened with the ecom services summit maybe my target market was too small like agencies who focus on e-commerce using wordpress and shopify maybe that was too small to target properly 
maybe my my wording on the landing page wasn't good or the facebook ads i ran weren't good um i rushed into it a little bit i have to admit that too so i spent one and a half months of creating this summit where usually i would say three months is the absolute minimum so three and, months from idea to like the go we're going live is the minimum. yeah and that those yeah. are stressful three months <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so so you can easily split that over to half a year if you're running your first summit i would say do it very properly do it thoroughly document what you're doing take your time rather than rushing into it but those factors just came together for the ecom services summit and led to only 700 people showing up which is, which is still a huge number considering is, it's a conference is the business model like the the thing where the summit is free but then if you want access to the recordings later the all access pass you got to pay for that is that pretty much the model it, it's one of the models that you can implement there there are three um that you can use or yeah. three that that i see being used most often the one you mentioned where you keep the summit free and then you sell the re recordings is something that i do and that i that i see gets um The, you have to strike a balance with that because the free events get shared more easily and you can promote it better yeah because when you when you're promoting something that's paid people are hesitant to share it when you say it's free come and join while it's live then it's more easy to promote the event um another approach you can do is create corporate sponsorship packages which is what i'm combining with the previously mentioned approach so I do have paid sponsorship packages for corporations that then get exposure on the event. We, we can talk about that into more detail. And I'm happy to do a screen share for the people listening or watching the video recording and then walking them through the packages. We, we can do that too, if, if that fits. Um, and then the third um, strategy that you can do is you can keep it for free forever, use it as a list building tool because those summit explode. If you promote them properly, they can easily drive. If it's free, you can drive 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people to your list within a week. And then you sell those, you upsell those people after they went through the summit contents. There's something that the WP buffs are doing. I think at the end of September, they're running a virtual summit that stays free And their goal is to educate agency owners and then sign them as white label agency partners. So wow. this is also a very sustainable model. It's probably a bit slower in monetary, uh, monetary terms. You're not getting uh, your ROI as quickly, but you are building a more predictable, more stable income stream with that approach. Wow. So you have to be strategic. You can't just wing these things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can, but you won't see good results. <laughs> I do want to get in. I do want to get into the screen sharing. And if you're listening on your podcast earbuds, hold on before you start though on that. Before I get into it, I want to um, I want to ask you what's in it for the speakers. And for those of you that are listening, uh, we have a YouTube channel. Just Google Lifter LMS YouTube and do a search on that channel for Jan Koch. And you'll find this uh, conversation where if you want to see the screen sharing part. But before we get into that, You know, you mentioned three models. There's the the free, then the paid access pass, then there's the free with corporate sponsor, and then there's the free forever as a list builder with some yeah. other kind of back-end strategy. What's in it for the speakers, and does it really change through those models, or is it more or less just... Not really. Well, yeah, what's in it for them? Why do they, why do they say yes? 
<laughs> usually they want exposure really they want uh, we are lucky in the wordpress community as you said the wordpress community in the beginning it is a really comfortable space and it's a, it's an active community so the vast majority of speakers i have they do not get paid for and, the they're, and they're used to not getting paid i mean i just mean that like a, a word camp like the events in the wordpress yeah. space are not meant to be huge speaker money money making things so they're they're not and some people who speak there do get paid to speak in other places but it's not like a it's, yeah. they're not in it for the money right it's similar with uh, virtual summits. They're usually in it to build connections with their target audience because um, you have on these summits, you give speakers the opportunity to do live chats with the attendees, to do live video calls with attendees. And that way they can improve their branding, uh, create even more no value by sharing more knowledge and then position themselves even more as an expert, if you will. Um, I did have one speaker who demanded to get paid and what we found out as a solution was he got paid based on the video views he got compared to the other speakers. But that, that was in, in five years, it was the only time a speaker really demanded to get paid. You mean um, he, uh, he or she wanted to get, he, you paid them if they got watched more than the other people? Yeah, he had this, he had this base fee that he wanted to yeah. get paid. And then that was something that I wasn't happy with. I, yeah. I I will be honest with that because I was very clear in the communications leading up that it's a not not paid gig. Yeah. So after agreeing to not being paid, he then demanded to get paid. Oh, I and see. based on that, we figured out that it would just be fair to set his uh, the audience he attracted to set that in a relationship to the audience the other speakers attracted, and to then get him some form of uh, percentage based on that rather okay. than paying his flat fee. Okay. But it's, it's usually what you sell the speakers on is exposure to the target audience. And obviously it helps if you've done multiple sum summits and you've seen a few thousand people sign up to your events, then it's easier to yeah. get speakers. But don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I for for this event, I emailed. Well, I yeah, I emailed Marike from, from Yoast, yeah, the the CEO from Yoast. I emailed her asking her and inviting her, and she immediately agreed. Yeah. In in 2015, I emailed. No, I I tweeted at Jason Cohen from WP Engine and more Rand Fishkin from Moss, and they immediately agreed. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you you just have to ask you just you cannot be afraid what what can happen you hear a no and then life goes on so really and that was that was lose? for your first one too right yeah i had yeah. no credibility whatsoever nobody yeah. knew me yeah so you you just have to be confident and the the first summit that you're running is not going to be perfect i think yeah. not no summit will be perfect because you always you always have things go wrong i even had uh, my summit page go down because there was too much traffic on the summit, which is kind of the new mistake that you <laughs> want to avoid being a WordPress yeah. professional. Yeah. But even in that case, the community responded very, very helpful. And I had various companies jumping to my site, um, even setting aside their whole senior development team, helping me to, to fix the issues with the server. Wow. So that is the beauty of being in this community. Totally. Well, let's let's take a look if you want to do that screen share. Are, are we looking at how to do corporate sponsor packages or what are we looking at? Um, yeah, 
Let's do that. Maybe let's start with the registration page for now. Let's maybe structure it in a way that we walk your audience through how the summit attendees experience a summit. Yeah, that sounds and great. Then, and then look at the corporate sponsorship. That sounds great. And if you're listening again in your earbuds, just go to the Lifter LMS YouTube channel and search for Jan Koch. And I know Jan will do his best to describe what we're looking at. If you can't yep. go to the, the video, but go ahead. Perfect. Let me start the screen share. So what's, are you seeing the right screen or are you seeing the wrong screen? I see the registration screen. Brilliant. So let me zoom in a little bit. Um, this is for everybody watching. It's register.wpagencysummit.com. Shameless plug right here. I'm sorry for that. Um, the landing page of a virtual summit has to fulfill two jobs, really. One is you need to communicate what's happening on your virtual event. Like what can attendees expect from to learn from the event when they attend? And then two is you have to explain what the event really is, who is speaking, how to consume the event, um, when the event is happening, and then build the proof using the social proof of the speakers to the boost the authority of the event. And what I'm doing on this landing page right here is the main headline is bring back the fun into scaling your WP agency. And then there is the subtitle go behind the scenes with 25 world-class agency owners and WordPress thought leaders. So that is kind of setting the stage for the event and people coming to the page, see what they can expect. And, and for, contrast, you for contrast, you said your other failure was um, your failed summit that had 700 people which like how many people come to this or whatever? Like how do you the last the last one I did in 2019 had 2,153 registrations, okay. and the WP Feedback Summit I did this year with the WP Feedback team had 5,700. That's awesome. So this is really an example of you need to know who you are talking to, and for me that's. WordPress agency owners who struggle to scale their business. Okay. That's what the entire page is based around. And then you have various call to actions. It's kind of like a long form landing page. If you want to want to um, compare that to what, you, what you're doing with a course promotion, you have a long form landing page explaining what your course is all about and maybe trying to get people to sign up to your email list and then you educate them on what's happening in the course and you sell them on the course after a couple of days. That is similar with this landing page. Um, well, it's like a, a course or a membership or a summit. They're all learning experiencing. It is. Experiences. It's a learning event that's going to happen. Maybe the tweak the dials, maybe lots of people teaching or whatever community. They're all circling yeah. around the same thing, which is a learning experience. It is. In, in the end, your virtual summit, uh, assuming you are selling lifetime access to the recording after the summit is over, it is your average membership area. It's your average course. It's the same approach. It's the same technology. You just give away all the content for free and you have multiple people promoted, kind of like the example with the roundup post that you brought earlier. Yeah. It's the, the same process. And... Um, so 
after the hero or below the hero section, what I have added is a section to improve the credibility of the event by highlighting what, what brands the speakers of my summit work with, which is Starbucks, National Geographic, Steve Madden, Microsoft, MTV, some really big names that, that I would never be in touch with myself. Um, yeah. let, let's set that straight. And then you just, that, this is the flow of the page, essentially. You give them, get them interested, build up proof, and then you educate them on what to expect from the event. And throughout the page, you then highlight who is speaking on the event, which is, um, for me, it's really important this time to have a very diverse speaker lineup, like a, a nice split between male and female, but also have people with colored skin in there and not just represent white people because the, it, the community is much more diverse than just having your, your white startup guys. And um, yeah, it's really a landing page for a course, if you will. You have to be very clear that it's a virtual event, that it is a time-restricted event rather than just a course that you can access at any point in time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then after somebody signs up to, from your landing page, what you usually do is you redirect them to an offer page. So that is, it's work in progress here still. So you're getting a sneak peek. If you're watching this interview, by the time this goes live, it will look slightly different, but the, the, um, the principles are the same. So if somebody signs up, what you can do, you, you don't need to do this, but what I like to do is I like to get them onto an upsell page, kind of what you do with, the, with your tripwire offer. If you have a $7 ebook or something that you are selling, what I do is I very, very cheaply sell the lifetime access to the summit before it starts. So this is, um, it's a sales strategy that you can implement. You don't need to. It's just something that I found works really well. I usually, from my other summits, I saw the most sales actually in the pre-launch rather than while the event was live. So then Maybe sometimes people just downloaded the videos themselves that they liked the most, so they didn't need to pay for the for the lifetime access. Maybe they just downloaded the sessions directly from the browser. But um, this is a nice way to monetize the event. And from your just experience and industry knowledge, and uh, your mileage may vary for those of you watching or listening. But what like what percentage of people that sign up for the free summit go for the um, the the paid part whether it's if you're doing that model like what what's what's a reasonable expectation range in a healthy summit terms I, i've seen up to 25 percent of conversion rate okay for the sales so i i've also had summits that had like five percent the the e-com services summit that we talked about that wasn't too nice but um Usually around 15 to 20%, I would say, is what you can aim for. And if you're doing a good job, it can be much higher. So I'm, I'm in this uh, Virtual Summit Mastery Group, and I see regular six-figure summits happening in there. Yeah. So this can, can be quite a boost for any business. And as we, as we said in the very beginning, uh, please don't forget that the monetary aspect is just one part of the benefits. What, what, for me, obviously, we all need to pay our bills. So the monetary aspect is important. But what's far, far more important is 
building the relationships because when you want to interview somebody you need to be on somewhat of the same wavelength with them you need to have some form of connection to somebody so interviewing all these speakers immediately brings the, brings you onto their radar and they realize what big of a project you are taking on by running a virtual summit and usually um this gives you more opportunities down the road. So just as an example from this summit, I had uh, Mario Peshev on, the CEO of DevRix, who works with enterprise clients like Audi. Um, immediately after our recording, I got an email from his assistant asking me to contribute to a roundup post that he was doing on LinkedIn. Yeah, And he, he never knew about me if I didn't invite him to the virtual summit. So this is just a small example of the ripple effects that can come from this. You also might get approached by companies they w who want you as their brand ambassador because you are doing something good in the community and they want your goodwill to rub off on them, if you will. So there are many, many ripple effects that you can likely reap for the years to come after you run a first successful summit. I love that quote, your um, net worth is your network or whatever. Like it's yeah. important. And and the network can happen virtually too. It's not only the people you've shook hands with. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And we can also look in some uh, examples of how you can foster live interactions on a virtual summit while the summit is live with all the speakers and attendees and sponsors and stuff. Um. Okay, back to the screen share. For the listeners, we are now on the upsell page. So this is the page you open after somebody signs up and you try to sell them on the lifetime access if you're following this model. At that time, you also send them an email welcoming them and congratulating them for signing up to the event. And in that email, you'd outline the next steps on when the event is taking place, how they can access all the contents, what they can expect, and that you'll keep them posted over the few weeks leading up to the event so that they always know what to expect. Um, at that time where we are right now in the process, the pre-launch really is done because there, there's not more that you can do for the, or that you really need to do for attendees until the summit starts. You just need to make sure that they are always kept in the loop and they always know what is going on with the event. What you can do is you can give them teasing snippets of the interviews that you are recording. So most summits will have pre-recorded interviews. Most summits will not be conducted live. So what you can do is you can cut your pre-recorded sessions into some form of highlight reel and send that to your attendees to spike them, to, to spike their attention, to get them, get them fired up about the event and get them sharing so that the word of mouth starts going for the promotion of your event. But really um from a from a promotional marketing perspective this is what the pre-launch is structured and then obviously you can have multiple other channels to promote the event like facebook ads twitter ads linkedin whatever channel works best for your market um you can go on podcasts so what we are doing right now turned out to be a promotion for the podcast because we might get this episode out before the summit starts um you can do guest posts. Uh, the uh, Yesterday, a post of mine, or at the time of recording yesterday, the po a post of mine on Conversion XL went live about virtual summits. You can 
do posts on medium you could do posts on dev.to you can you can engage in forums and get the word of mouth going on relevant places it's really important that you get conversation started about your event and not not in a salesy way but what i like to do is um ask people for feedback like what topic am i missing on my event what which person would you like to see speaking at my event who am i missing in my lineup are you happy with the diversity in my lineup or do i need to add more more males or more female speakers um things like that really honest feedback rather than being a sales guy i i, I hate sales i i'll be the first and i suck at sales so um what I really like to do is I like to deliver value with these events. And then if somebody decides to go for a sponsorship package or upgrades to the lifetime pass, that's nice. But that's because I, I've given them something that's worth paying for. It's not, not um, I don't have the money in mind when I run these events, but I want to build these relationships. And it, it might, might sound sleazy and it might sound cliche, but it's really kind of a... Um, an alternative to the WordCamps that get cancelled all the time. I want to bring the community together online. And there are many other ways, like uh, Big Orange Chart is doing that with the WordPress London events and many other communities who, who are on the same venture as I am. So I'm glad to see that the WordPress community is really picking up steam in this regard. Um, talking about sales, if you don't have any other questions about the pre-launch, Chris, should we talk about these sponsorship packages? Yeah, let's let's do it. So if we're going to monetize our summit with sponsorship, what are the packages and how do we get sponsors? Yeah. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all approach with this, but I'll share what works for me. And this is uh, three sponsorship packages, kind of like your, your regular three-tier pricing structure that you would have for a course or for your, any other product as well. We you call that very good, better, best. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. or, or cheap, the one I want to sell and <laughs> the, one that, the one that's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do have uh, the cliche bronze, silver and gold labels yeah. on the sponsorship packages. And really what you do is you want to give companies exposure on your event, kind of similar to a real conference where you have uh, the hallway track and then you have the sponsorship booths where, where companies have their own booth and can present themselves. It's, I try to replicate that on the virtual summits too because that's a proven model. And the cheapest sponsorship packages, which uh, sells for $1,000, and I have not sold any of them yet as at the time of recording this, um, they get a clickable logo on all the summit pages that goes to a link of their choice. They get a thank you mention during a live kickoff event. So that is a live webinar I'm hosting with a few of the speakers when the event starts. Um, their logo is included in all the emails, newsletters, all communication around the summit, really. They get promoted to the, target, to the summit audience. They get lifetime access codes that they can then use as a giveaway to their audience or they can forward them to their employees. And they get uh, logos in the virtual booths for the for these summit sponsors. So that's really the cheapest package that I've come up with. 
Um, the more ex expensive one is a silver one that is $2,500 and that has sold out by the time of we are recording this. Um, they are a sponsor of the Evergreen Summit version too. So what this means is similar to Evergreen webinars that you can watch as a recording on a fake starting the next day time schedule. This is what I'm doing with the summit too after the summit is over and a few months have passed. I'll turn that evergreen so that attendees can sign up for free, see all the content for free, and then um, for 12 months, I'll use this as a way to build my list to sell the occasional lifetime access pass if somebody finds it interesting and to also promote the sponsors of the event. That's what you get with the silver and gold package. Um, silver and gold sponsors get a live webinar during the summit so um, additionally to their pre-recorded session on the event they get a live webinar where they can then educate attendees go back and forth on questions the summit attendees have and dive deeper into the topic of their choice so there can be um, for example one sponsor will highlight highlight their white label program and will showcase how agencies can work with them as a white label partner, how agencies can scale their business using their help. That is one example. And it's important when you, when you do offer this to your sponsors to not let those webinars turn into a pitch fest because then you'll, lo you'll lose engagement for the entire event if, if yeah. that happens. So this is a, a hard no if somebody wants to do that. Um, they get visually highlighted on the website. So in the list of all the speakers, in the list of all the sessions, those of the silver and gold sponsor will stand out. They will be placed on top at the front and get, get some visual highlights. And they get a virtual booth that they can use to run marketing campaigns and lead generation campaigns. So I'll show that in a minute after we've covered the gold sponsorship. Um, and as I said, the silver sponsor retails for $2,500 US here on my event. And this is sold out by the time we are recording this. I've, I've sold four spots of that. And to be honest, I could have sold more. But it is, it's, again, a question of how much do you really need to run this event? And also, how, how much uh, commercial promotion do you want to have in the event? Is it... If you bring on like 20 sponsors, probably if you are a good marketer, you can sell 20 sponsorship packages to your event. But what does that mean to the experience of the attendees? Will they then have 20 live webinars where a company is mm -hmm. spending 30 minutes educating and 30 minutes pitching? Is, is that really a good attendee experience? So this is uh, something that I would urge your readers and listeners to, to keep in mind when setting up sponsorship packages. Um, and it's similar for the gold sponsorship. I could have probably sold more than two. One, one is sold already and one company is looking at gold right now. And that includes uh, dedicated Facebook ad campaigns coming from my budget to highlight their session. It includes a live panel discussion. So that's another live engagement with the attendees where, where the sponsor can uh, bring on guests of their choice into the live discussion a 10-second video ad before and after each session on the summit and a free sponsorship for the next WP Agency Summit next year. And 
similar example. If I bring on five gold sponsors, I would make $30,000 with this. But that would also mean I have five video clips in the beginning of each session and five video clips at the end of each session. Yeah. And that's worse than, than what YouTube is doing these days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's always this balance that you need to keep in mind. And you can make good money with this with these summits. And as I've said, I've seen multiple six-figure summits happen in, in the community that I'm in. One example is crazy. It's the harp summit. It's a virtual like summit harp, for people playing play? the harp, the oh, instrument. Wow. wow! And she makes like eighty thousand to a hundred thousand almost every time with the summit. Wow! And it's it's, it's insane. And I, I I think that just goes to show how creative you can get in terms of targeting, and that it's um, not exhausted by any means. Even though many people are already speaking about uh, virtual event fatigue. I think if you're doing this properly and you're not going too salesy into these events, then I think you have a good shot at getting good feedback. Um, one of the virtual booths that I've opened right now on the screen, this is from the Ecom Services Summit from Weglot, who also sponsor my next summit. Um, they have this spinning wheel on the virtual booth where summit attendees could enter their email address to spin the wheel and then they win coupon codes or they win swag or whatever um, Weglot came up with. And this is something where you can really get creative with when you're building these booths is give the sponsors the flexibility to offer what they want in these booths because I'm building these pages with Elementor. Chances are, if you're running a summit, you're running some form of page builder and you're not hard coding everything yourself. So leverage the, the, the tools that you have. And if a sponsor doesn't like the spinning wheel idea but wants to have a pop-up quiz to generate their leads, give them a quiz. Make it about the sponsor. That, that's big for me. I always try to accommodate what the company paying me wants to get out of the event and what they think works best. There is no, I, I don't think we're at the stage of virtual summits where there is this one approach that works all the time and nobody gets bored of it after seeing it for the 15th time. Right. So it's something that you can really shine and um, be, be flexible with when communicating with your sponsors. What I also like to do is, um, I think yeah, it's, it's hard to show, but what I like to do is, Sponsors get admin access to their page. And then during the summit, during their office hours, when somebody is there to reply to live chat requests, for example, or to reply to video calls, they can turn on a live chat and a video call feature in their virtual booth so wow. that they get direct interactions with the summit attendees. What, what, do you, then, what technology do you use to power the live chat and the, the video calls? Uh, video calls is Jitsi. Okay. I, I like the self-hosted Jitsi server for that. Um, it's a simple digital ocean droplet that you can get pre-configured. And then I think yeah, it's... It just neat. embeds in a WordPress page? Yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of like... You can think of it as an embedded Zoom that yep. when you come to the page, it immediately asks for controlling your camera and microphone. Yeah. And if you say no, you can still use a live chat, which I use uh, uh, with Chatroll, which is also a simple iframe embed. Yeah. And then going this path, and you can give it, you can control it to the level of the page so that like this sponsor can use the chat on this page, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What what you can do is 
uh, similar to each Zoom room having its own unique URL. Okay. You can set a similar concept up with Jitsi, where you have multiple Jitsi instances that you can then essentially, I, I think what I've done is I've coded a short, uh, short code that takes the URL as a parameter and then generates an iframe embed code. Wow. Um, I don't don't remember exactly how it's built, but the documentation is on the website. And if somebody wants to know how it's built, shoot me an email of, or leave a comment on the website, reach out to me via Twitter, whatever. I'm happy to share that. Um, it's very, very easy to set up if you are a developer. Yeah. So if, if you don't know how to code, I would probably go a different route. I would probably go with Zoom or a different tool. But if you know your way around uh, configuring servers and using a bit of JavaScript to, con to configure something and using DigitalOcean, going SSH into a server and then configuring uh, a service, if that doesn't scare you, then Jitsi is a, great, is a great tool. And then, as I said, the live chat is based on chat role. And I like to go these two tools and combine them because not everybody's comfortable jumping into a video call not knowing who else is in there. Right. It's, it's similar to when you are in the, at a conference at a WordCamp and you are looking um, in the hallway and looking for an empty table because you are afraid of speaking <laughs> to all the other people. <laughs> yeah. And you just see crowded tables all over the place. It takes guts to join that conversation. And I, uh, as we said in the very beginning, you, you consider yourself an introvert and I do too. So even though we, bite, we both might appear very outgoing in this conversation, yeah. if we are in person and we didn't meet beforehand, I wouldn't be as open. I wouldn't be as comfortable talking with you. So you have to accommodate for that. And you have to remember that not everybody is comfortable jumping into a room that has maybe 30 or 40 people going on in a conversation and you are the 41st person joining into it. And that, I think that's a really important point. And we're we're getting close to time, so I just want to kind of wrap, get close to wrapping. But um, the internet is known for having this concept called lurkers, which is people just watching something you don't know who they are. Like this podcast that you're listening to right now, as of this recording, I think only has uh, something like 15 reviews or 14 reviews. But it's been down. Like all the people you listening to this right now, I have no idea who you are, and that is completely fine. Um, that's just the real, and it's, I think you mentioned in the conference, yeah, some people are a little more on the edges and the internet. It's even more just, it, some people just don't engage and that's completely cool or they want to watch yeah. for a little bit before they do. Um, quick question for you, Jan, before we kind of wrap up, I'm kind of fascinated at your success and your failure contrast. And so if I was just going <laughs> to use like it, me as an example, like, and I, I've run some virtual summits before, smaller, just with my own list and stuff. Um, but if I was going to really go big and I wanted to help like WordPress LMS professionals and do a summit for them, which it sounds like that's what you did for your WooCommerce and Shopify e-commerce professionals and it didn't work out. But when you repositioned it as scaling up your overwhelmed WordPress business in its current state, that seemed to work. Yeah. So, like, what advice would you have for me? Like, maybe you shouldn't focus on the industry, but focusing on the what? Um, 
to, to frame this, I did the WP Agency Summit first in 2019 and then tried venturing into e-commerce. Mm. So I, I knew that, that helping WordPress agencies helped because I used myself as a customer avatar. Yeah. For the, for the WP Agency Summit, I knew exactly who I wanted to have on the summit, who I needed to reach with the summit, and what types of topics I needed to cover. Because I'm running an agency, I'm overwhelmed sometimes, and I want yeah. to make more money with my agency and have a better lifestyle with it, have a better work-life balance. So, so, so I knew. So you had all the hot buttons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I knew exactly the issues <laughs> that I wanted to solve with that agency summit. Yeah, and that was something that I didn't know with the ecom services summit. Um, I knew from working with e-commerce clients what type of problems those WooCommerce shops and Shopify shops were facing. Yeah. And I, I have a basic understanding of how e-commerce works. Like in theory, I can set up a successful e-commerce store because I've read all the articles like everybody else does. Um, what I didn't know is I've never built a six-figure e-commerce store myself from scratch or worked with a client from scratch who runs one. I've maintained one, but I didn't I wasn't involved in the scaling process, if you will. Yeah. I have never run an agency that is focusing solely on WooCommerce. I'm not familiar enough with WooCommerce to know all the nitty-gritty little details yeah. that bite you in in your you know what. When you're, when you're building a WooCommerce. Um, I've never spent a reasonable amount of budget on a Facebook ad campaign to scale an e-commerce product. I've, I've never done influencer marketing. So looking back, <laughs> it was quite stupid to run <laughs> the e-commerce services summit in the first place. And even though I, I had some pretty big names on that as, a spe as speakers, I, I was really happy with uh, the speakers that I got. And I, I thought I had the messaging really down to the T. Yeah. But I hadn't. That, that's, a, that's just just the point of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's brilliant. I mean, just because you see an opportunity or there's a hot niche over here, whatever you're closest to, especially if it's your first one, that you're you're going to get people just like you, that, that hurt just like you and hope just like you. Uh that's that's a that's a big lesson there. So, Jan, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I love. I mean, I'm super passionate around anything online learning. Virtual summits is a part of that. For you that's out there watching, go to wpagencysummit.com. There was a portion of this podcast that we did on video screen share. So head on over to Lift LMS YouTube channel. Um, any other final words for the people? Jan, on how to connect with you and how to get involved with WP Agency Summit, whether they're watching or listening to this before or after the event? The best place to find me is my Facebook group. That's WP Mastery on Facebook. If you don't like Facebook, you can ping me on Twitter. That's I am Jan Koch. And as you said, the agency summit is wpagencysummit.com. And if you just want to experience how I'm running summits and you're not interested in the content at all, you might still consider signing up because you then see what the attendee experience is. And if you're considering running your own summits, you might learn a thing or two on how to do that. That's awesome. Well, Jan, thanks you so much for coming on the show and best wishes on your summit. Thanks for having me, Chris. It was a blast.
And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.